When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the No Show Podcast, we have a story that you need to hear. It's a story of tremendous talent, incredible obstacles, tragedy, triumph, and human spirit. It's the story of Jason McKinney, a.k.a. J-Mac, a basketball prodigy who emerged on the scene in L.A., rose to fast stardom, but setbacks in the way of injury, guidance, even a shooting, left him with a journey unfulfilled. Still, J-Mac persevered and stayed true to the game. He even found a friend in another teenage star, a young Kobe Bryant, that would tie the two for years to come. Gil can be also counted among those enthralled by the young phenom. Fast forward some 20 plus years later and Gil reconnected with J-Mac on the youth circuit. Basketball is their common bond and J-Mac's real is rare approach has enabled him to fulfill his basketball story, showing respect to those that were part of the path along the way. And his next chapter, oh, it's just getting started. It's a very special edition of the No Show Podcast, 20 plus years in the making. Remember, you can get every episode as soon as they drop on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out the video version on the No Chill YouTube channel. And don't forget, every Monday, 8 p.m., No Chill with Gilbert Arenas on FUBA. Welcome to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. I'm Mike Botticello, right over there in that Memphis O.J. Mayo jersey. Yeah, yeah, That's Gilbert put, Arenas. You know, ex-teammate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. L.A. kid? Yeah, no. No, no L.A. Ohio. Kid. Ohio, okay, that's right. SC kid, that's what S- I meant. S- Which you don't like SC too much. Why? Arizona rival? Once a rival, always a rival? There's no rival. They're trash. What are you talking about? How about L.A. rivals? Because we have a guy here that... Different ages, but there's always that rivalry in the city. Jason McKinney, J Mac, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you. We, we got a sidebar in that, that SC like... conversation. <laughs> Forget those guys. <laughs> but here um, you are. This, so this, this goes back for people that don't know. We're going to talk about LA basketball in the 90s, the golden era, some might say, some might on this couch actually say that. Um, how did you guys first get familiar with each other? Ah, man, playing basketball as a kid in L.A., made an AAU basketball team called Top Prospects, and I was pretty good for my age group, so I always played up. And, um, yeah, we heard about this kid from the Valley talking about he averaging 45 or he putting up big numbers and, you know, he going to come take spots. And all my coach kept raving about this kid from the Valley. He going to be doing this, going to be doing that. So he was like, let's see. So he, he came to here, came to the team. I think, like, played, like, one tournament. At, Delo- at Delaware Park, Isis Park somewhere, got loose. We was like, okay, he's the truth. Then we went to the Vegas Big Bigfoot, Bigfoot, yeah, Bigfoot, yeah. Bigfoot tournament in Vegas, and um, yeah, he got loose. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely got loose. So, for for you though, I want to hear Gil describe your game for the people that didn't see it. Yeah, you know, so when you're in a valley, you know, you're closed off to what I call the real basketball. You know, we're Valley kids, so it's, you know, it's 
surfers, everyone. Suburbs. Like, like yeah, you, yeah, that's that's how L.A. basketball looked at us. So, you know, me and my friends, we'll, you know, we'll try to go to Venice Beach or we'll try to get somewhere where we can try to get some talent. So back then, when I got on TPI and, you know, we started, you know, I started watching, you know, 13-year-olds dunk. You know, <laughs> you know, they talking about, yeah, you know, we got the 12-year-old right here. He playing varsity. Like, wait, what? Yeah, he he on the he on the uh, he on the the C team of the varsity team. Like, man, get the fuck out of here talking C team of the mar- <laughs> like you know. So you got these young kids coming, and you just sitting there like, wait, wait, what? So you know, when he, when I when I seen him, I was like, yo, he's he's the dude. I mean, he's the dude. like he ain't even on our team. No, 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 no. He's the future. He's the dude. Like he's the dude. Like you know. So like. You know, so you see boxes of just boxes of shoes coming, like, ain't the dude, hey, y'all ain't y'all get no boxes? <laughs> I was like, nah, 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 we not him. <laughs> like, so you see, like, like this is the first time that like you see someone that's like they're under you, but on a whole nother atmosphere. You know, like I, you know, like when LA, you know, I don't get to hear about these guys. You know, you, you hear about Baron. And then, um, you know, you hear about those guys, but, you know, there's still groups of never heard about the youth basketball. You know, so you don't hear about middle school and, you know, you know I'm in a 10, I'm in an 11th grade. I'm not letting no 8th grade talk about like, man, I just scored 40 tonight. What you talking about an 8th grade or 4? And then you see shoes, rubbing chains and like, man, that's God over there. That's, that's the God. That's the God, son. He's the next generation. And then you've seen it early of kids with buzz that just really like had games showing their style, you know? So I'm sitting here trying to learn and trying to understand the whole process because you're talking about eighth graders with that type of power, like I've never seen it before. You know, this is my first time being in the world. Like it's, I call it the upper echelon, you know, being on, you know, the, the top prospect. I remember, I remember watching kid, was it Leroy? Mm-hmm. You remember Leroy? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Leroy's just, a bucket. like you just buckets. Like, you know, you just surrounded by, Bucket getters, just just people who just, I mean, their skill level and athleticism was so superior. And, and it was a competitive atmosphere. I think these kids nowadays are too friendly for my liking. I think for your liking as well, because they too, I wouldn't say soft, label them as soft, because they said the rules change, but their competitive spirit is not really doggy dog, like how we were. We were doggy dog, and they're more like patting on their backs. Oh, that was nice. Like, they letting them get loose. Like, nah, wouldn't nobody let nobody get loose when you were coming up. You had to earn your respect. Yeah, you had to earn. Like, because I remember, like, because I was the Valley, so I didn't get, I remember I had to, bo- I was boxing. <laughs> like, I, I remember. About being competitive spirit. Like, uh, Leroy was a scorer. He was a, a L.A. kid um, with the L.A. high school. He averaged like 30, 40. So he's not going to let a Valley kid, supposed to be averaging the same amount as him, come to a TPI or AAU team, um, take his spot. So I don't know what had happened. But we in Vegas, Bigfoot tournament. Gills, like, Jay Mac, give him your pillow. He got, grabbed my pillow. They got boxing gloves on, like they about to box. Then he took our video game or something. He came in our room. We was at break. I don't know what happened, but he got for the pillow. They ended up fighting boxing. Gil tried to uppercut Yah Yukin like Street Fighter <laughs> and, and missed, though. And literally, Yah Yukin and missed and hit the ceiling. So I don't know what, his whole hand was swollen. Later on that night, it was a championship game. Like I said, it was a Bigfoot tournament, and we played against Southern Cal All-Star, and they're stacked. They got um, Casey Jacobson, um, Jason Capono, Tyson Chandler, 
Collins Twins, mm -hmm. Chris Burgess. Like they were <sighs> loaded. They were loaded. And all they we had the LA City kids, Tony Bland, Gilbert Arenas, um, who who's on your guard team? Jason Marcet. Marcet, Joe Ship, Chris Osborne. Like y'all was stacked too. So in the day it was like a good game to see. Man, Gilbert still, I don't know how he did it, but he finished that game with like 45. Yeah, 45. 45. Right hand still giving buckets, coming down with soiled fingers, just icing at the timeouts. We come out. <laughs> bah, bah. I was like, man, that yeah, it was, was it seemed like, like you had the it factor. I had it was just, yeah, yeah I, I didn't have what they had right. in was I the most talented on the team? No. Nah. Not even close. I think that's why he tried to do something outside of basketball to intimidate you. Because he knew basketball-wise he couldn't mess with you because you was that guy. You had the it factor. You came in really. You know, I, mean, I think it was just the process. You know, a new dude coming to the team. And, you know, it was it was just one of those things where we're going to, like, it wasn't we fight, you know. Right, it wasn't no, like just, a beat. It was just it we going to put the boxing gloves on to see, see what you got. You know, it was just to, to make sure you at war. You When we go out there, you ready to. You know, so was, you know, so I'm sitting in the in the in the in the in the, in the hotel room, boxing the whole. We boxing. Remember, I'm eighth grade. I'm young. They're older than me, so I don't know what happened. But yeah, yeah I was gonna say, where were you in? You know, in that's the what I'm in the room. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying, just I'm as an room. eighth grader with all these guys that are above you, and you're playing up. But still, that's different. It's God. You know, it's yeah, God. Yeah, but in your mind, that's how you guys saw. You got them little children in there just boxing them. Yeah, I mean, my my thought process was different at an early age because I was. I did see, I was exposed to a lot at an early age because I was blessed to see Kobe. Um, in seventh grade, I was blessed to see Kobe Bryant. He came to the LA Lakers. So my teammate, classmate was Daniel Campbell, Eldon Campbell's nephew. So me and him went to a Lakers practice one time and we on the side playing at LMU, was it LMU? LMU College. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Kobe just saw me, just gravitated towards me. I guess he saw what I had and um, we just became real cool. So me being around him at an early age, seeing what he went through and seeing how he carried himself, and that's 96, yeah. about seventh grade. So I knew what I wanted to do as in basketball-wise as my big pitcher. It was kind of like a gift and a curse because now I'm thinking my whole life's going to be just laid out. Oh, I'm there, destined to go pro. I'm destined. I'm nice. I'm number one point guard in California. Can't nobody tie my shoes. So now I'm about to go to the East Coast, to ABCD camp, go out here and kill, see, get my national exposure, see what they got going on in Texas, go out here, kill out here, because I'm nice in Cali. Can't nobody see me in Cali. So my thought process was different. But reality is you got to take step by step. Day by day is a process. And that's where I kind of like look back and reflect like, damn, that's where I, I skipped. And I wanted to go through that, the, the path that you were on for the people that then didn't know what happened. Um, so you're that kid in eighth grade, this prospect, this prodigy. Um, from there, you went to Westchester? Yeah, Westchester, number one point guard in California, played varsity. Um, after like four or five games, they moved me up. So we just killing, running through people. So they moved me up to varsity. Um, Eric Knight, which is Billy Knight, rest in peace, little brother, was like, yo, coach, I need some help break him up because he definitely could help. So I wasn't starting, but I definitely was a backup guard. So I came in there, did my thing, and um, just built more confidence. So my sophomore season, I think I'm gonna be starting, doing my thing, going hard, and um, tore my meniscus. So it was more so me not recognizing me to be being humble. I feel like God was humbling me through my injuries, and I wasn't recognizing because I was so cocky, so confident, thinking ahead, thinking everything's gonna be still given to me. So I knew I had to work my butt off to get back healthy, but I knew that wasn't gonna be given. So I worked my butt off, get back healthy, get back stronger. But still, I had that arrogance about me that God was like, no, you're not ready yet. So, I mean, you know, just the process of me maturing, growing up, not living in the moment. 
And um, my junior year happens, um, I transfer, no, so my sophomore season, messed my meniscus up. We ended up had surgery for um, the whole season, come back during the playoffs. So they played six months, I came back in three months. So come back in the whole playoffs, we played Crenshaw. Um, do you remember EJ Harris? Yeah, EJ. EJ Harris was supposed to be the truth too. So they called him like the golden child or something like that. His senior year in high school and we all sophomores. And um, like I said, so I knew me coming off my injury that I had a little something to prove. And our city championship game was at the forum in my backyard in Inglewood. So I knew that being said, I had some, some more to prove. And I'm at the forum all the time with Kobe. So it's like me practicing there, that's like my backyard. So I knew I was gonna have fun getting loose because basketball is supposed to be a safe haven. Mm-hmm. It's our way of having fun. So I went out there and um, yeah, I, I had to put on the show. And by me being so arrogant and cocky, I kind of like got caught up with the hype because I put I went got in the game, put the ball between his legs, threw the ball off a glass of somebody, we dunking, and it's crazy in front of 8,000 people. Like I'm creating my own buzz. It's the platform is set, the stage is set. So now we don't have social media. So now I got to make sure I put in some work so they remember me. Mm-hmm. So I make sure I, I put in some work. So half court, he came off full court press. Don't do that. Put the ball between his legs. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a turnover after that because I threw the ball between his legs. Somebody stepped up, so I couldn't get it back fast enough. He caught a charge. So I give him that. But anyway, everybody <laughs> know me for throwing the ball between his legs at half court. So that's, that's our era. You got to do something to be known, to be remembered. So that's why I made sure I did something every time he stepped in front of me. So that happened. Um, I felt myself, we won a city championship, and it's like, coach, why you didn't start me? The only reason why I wasn't starting because of my injury. I came back for playoff, I feel like I should have started. Mm-hmm. I bust my butt to get back right. It, it wasn't because of my talent level. The guard couldn't see me. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling myself too much. I didn't have no guidance to the point where somebody told me, enjoy the, let me learn the course, understand what he's trying to do with you. He's trying to, I mean, really hone you. He's trying to make sure that you're on a, on a good path. And I didn't know that, I didn't understand that. All I thought was he was holding me back. He was hating on me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so um, after that season happened, um, we, we cracking. I'm like, can I go to Mackey All-American camp? He tells me no. He tells me, Jason, I could put uh, the, my dog's name on the application and they'll send him an invite to the camp. I said, what? So that right there kind of like blew me. I'm like, I gotta get up out of here. So I called my uncle, like, yo, man, we gotta find somewhere for me to go because he's not gonna let me get loose. He already not started me. I came back healthy, ready to play. You saw what I did in the championship game. You see, I got co-MVP. Like, I'm ready to play. He still wanna start me talking about process? Like, nah, man. So me not having no real guidance of, of, of knowing what to look forward to kind of like messed me up, derailed me because now I'm looking for the, I want to say line my success, but... Quick gratification. Right, I'm looking for, you know what I mean? Yeah, so the exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, that summer, I met Coach Roy Inglewood, and he said he had an opportunity for me to go to ABCD camp. Now, ABCD camp was Adidas and Nike. Matter of fact, that before I met Coach Roy, I talked to Kobe, and Kobe told me that um, we got Nike camp and Adidas camp. So which one you want to go to? I told him Nike first. I'm a Nike kid growing up. But he was like, nah, I got to plug with Sonny. And, you know, they take care of you over there. They, you know, it's good. So I'm like, what? Okay, so Adidas. So we hugged up Coach Roy. He made it happen. Um, I come back to up from L.A. But what messed me up was going on a bad wheel. I got exposed mm. on national platform. Mm. Raymond Felton in my class. Anthony Robinson in my class. Sean Dockery in my class. Um, T.J. Ford. It's all people I've seen on, 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 in, in Freddie Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson, Where's, where is that? Fairly Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson, yeah. So that's where I'm seeing there, all these East Coast guards, all these Midwest guards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I'm getting, I'm holding my own, but I'm not at my full potential. So it's like, they, I should listen. Stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, stay <laughs> back. Yeah, so it's just me not having that guidance, really not really knowing the process or trying to enjoy the process step by step. I'm thinking ahead, thinking he's trying to hate because I'm trying to get to the league. So like I said, just moving too fast. 
So that was my juniors, my sophomore, come back home from New Jersey. Um, I transferred, made the Slam Magazine. So my Slam Magazine was big stuff because we didn't have social media. We had, if you was if you was that guy, you was a Slam. That was even harder to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was, yeah. But I had a buzz I created out there East because I held my own. I didn't dominate like I wanted to dominate because I was a bad will, but I wasn't no pushover. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't no punk, so even I did my thing. But um, So we had a tournament in Linwood High School. I think it was uh, Dana's Pumps, the Pumping Runs. Mm -hmm. They had a tournament out there. Sue came back from the East Coast, and I did my thing. Me and Sebastian Telfair met out there in the East Coast. So me and him worked on a couple of one-on-one -on -one moves. So I came out here. I did it out there on, on them. And, uh, <laughs> and it made some oohs and eyes and... Not knowing who the guy was, but he told me to turn around, take a picture. I turned around, snapped my picture. And then afterwards, he gave me a couple of interviews, a couple of questions. And not knowing who he was, like a month later, I'm in a Slam magazine. I was like, well, it was big. So that was big stuff for me. I felt myself and went to Eaglewood, feeling like I'm about to go to Wynn State. My junior year, we were stacked up. We had um, me, Rashawn Reed, Anthony Davis, the head coach at um, Crossroads now. He was a good player when he was in high school. Um, Doug Thomas was a high flyer out of... Pasadena, then we had D'Angelo Collins. He was mm. the one. D'Angelo Collins was supposed to be pro out of high school, 6'9", 225, versatile two. Him and Amari Sotomayor was supposed to go pro out of high school, where he was number one fighting all year yeah. long, our yeah. senior year. So <laughs> yeah. me leaving Westchester was like, okay, coach, the whole team is not gonna go D1. I know individually I gotta go D1. So with that being said, you holding me back, I gotta bounce. So I knew going to Inglewood, everybody was gonna come looking at him, gonna leave talking about me because I'm the point guard, I have the ball 95% of the time, and I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah. So you go through, I knew what I was doing, chess move. Uh, I get there, he saw what happened, he mad, because I'm in Slam Magazine first, and literally three days before the first game of the season, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to expose my guy, but he was kind of off, but he pushed me in the air and broke my shin bone. So now I had sophomore season, my meniscus tear, my junior year, my shin bone break. So now I'm just like, oh, two bad wheels. So my whole junior year I missed. I come back that summer to bust my butt to go back to the ABCD camp to be exposed some more. <laughs> but it's all confident and pride. It's like that, that ego. I'm not gonna, I'm, I can't be defeated. I'm not gonna let nobody take my ranking. I'm not gonna let nobody feel like they won up on me. Cause I, I worked I work too hard for my handles. I worked too hard for my respect. And I love basketball. I really love basketball. And that's something that a lot of kids can relate to is first of all, there's just always obstacles in the road. Some you can you can manage, some you can't. They're just there, right? right, it, it's, right. Especially it's, injury. But you got to remember, back then you didn't have you didn't have a platform where you could miss a ABCD camp or Nike camp. Especially like, if you that guy. Yeah. So if you if you, you was on one wheel or two bad wheels, you, you had to go. There was no there was no makeup. There was no makeup. Our, game. Well, I'll ask you moves this. To yeah, make. Let you, me ask you this: If you didn't go. Because you had an injury, you was long lost. term. Long term, you was it lost. Yeah, but you, because you if you remember. force it and it gets worse, I hear what you're exposed. saying. But yeah, you get lost you got, in the sauce. Get, in long term, it'd be the smarter move to do. But in the long term, but you gotta remember. But that's the reason I wasn't ranked because I wasn't there. going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm, on, I remember I got invited to the ABCD camp, and I got hurt first day. Mm. First day I get hurt, so I didn't play no games. I didn't get not one game in. You know what I mean? I, I just was nothing. And I remember um, you had him, Lou Wright. Mm -hmm. You had Lou Wright, mm -hmm. and I'm, he was like, damn, man, you missing out. You be killing these. Like, I, I can't play. <laughs> Bad ankle, so I'm, out, I'm missing everything. 
You know what I mean? So it was like one of those things where I wasn't getting high recruited because if all the coaches are there watching and you're not a part of it, you do get lost. This is not a this is not where I can go on social media and you put your highlight. You know, you put up. your highlight. Nah. Like so now now I have to go on a certain team because that's where the college coaches are coming. And then and still, like, even with TPI, you got all these studs on that. Show I'm, out. I'm out there killing and still getting the bottom of the barrel because like, who, who is this? Mm-hmm. Like who? I don't even I don't even see him on this roster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh oh, he's at the bottom. Oh Grant, where the hell is Grant High School? You know what I mean? So you still have that element. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was one of those. That's why I said you know, Arizona comes in last. I was there when I think the letter came into your house. Yeah, Arizona. You yeah. were so. <laughs> so- yeah, you're talking about tell that story yeah. because he probably was caught off guard at that point, right? Um, yeah, basically he was. Um, we was like we met and we came to TPI, and I was coming to the Valley a lot frequently. The Valley is not closer to LA; it's like a good 20, 45 minute drive compared to traffic. So that being said, the reason why I was coming to the Valley because I had a girlfriend living out here. So in the Valley, in the summertime. Every weekend, I'll come out here and see her. But once he found that out, he was like, bro, right down the street. Might as well pull up. So <laughs> we started hanging out while they blah his senior season, senior year. And um, I don't remember exactly the mailman coming, but I think he was showing me the letter. I got to his house. He was so happy. He was like, bro, I'm going to Arizona. I'm going to Arizona. I got to let loose. Austin. <laughs> he was just happy. Matter of fact, he left and went to the gym. He went to the courts. He grabbed a little double. You had a double court, right? Double yeah, yeah, double. Hey, one. yo, the small. The small rim. Put inside and put the yeah. other rim. That's why I jumped was so mm, wet. Yeah, yeah. I got real history, yeah, I remember bro. I remember that, history, yo. Bro. They came out the with double the, rim, so, it was yeah, the double rim. It was the double rim, so the rim inside is smaller, yeah. so you had to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I, I don't even remember know if it's that. Man, I just I'm like, like it's you, you gotta, to go to Arab basketball. Yeah, you had to figure it out. We didn't have no trainers. You had you had no trainers. That's why the best trainers are is that era. Because you got to remember, that's when you still had the 90s play, mm-hmm. but you, what, you, what you had was you 90s had... 80s toughness. You had us learning a style, you know, us getting into the groove, understanding basketball, learning how to be good, learning how to be great. And this was the push of athleticism. Mm-hmm. This is when AAU was getting ready. It was just popping. When shoes started marketing. Yep. And one is coming. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're sitting there battling against the East Coast, trying to figure out what they're doing. Realize, okay, they're dribbling, this and this. And, and one. Yeah. That was my Bible. Yeah, so you, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You, yeah. So you're you're getting moves. So these kids are coming. That's why I said it's like when you said eighth grader and he's hitting you with moves. Like, wait, hold on, whoa. But that was the moves I caught from Kobe. Yeah, so where are you learning this yeah. stuff from? So Baron, that's what, so yeah. you have these kids that's coming up real advanced. So you got to hurry up and try to get it in real time. You know, so that's why I said it's that it's that era. So now all these kids, you're learning from us. Mm-hmm. You're learning from the kids who didn't have a coach. So we had to actually go out there and really process and do it ourselves. It was all so, in your mind. So if you had a jumper, it's because you worked on it. Like, you got to remember, now, now, shit, my son can go out on the, the hoop and take 200 shots in 10 minutes. 200 shots back then, damn, two hours. Right. You had to flip the ball to yourself, sit there. <laughs> so you had to, you had to do this shit yourself. Right. You know, so, you know, being good back then was actually harder. And I think that's what I bring to the training, my actual passion of knowing what it takes. Like, I actually played. Yeah. I actually been through the trenches. So I'm not just a trainer or a skill developer. I would say trainer. A skill developer that's trying to just ride a kid's wave. Mm-hmm. And I feel like by me having experience with TPI in our golden era, we had to train ourselves. I kind of like, I feel like I'm obligated to be more of a mentor, be more of a developer to the point where I got to expose your weaknesses. You got to mm-hmm. expose that to get them better, get them strength if you want to achieve this goal. Yeah. 
That's all if you want to achieve this goal. If you don't want to achieve this goal, if you don't want to be a professional basketball player or, or a collegiate basketball player, change the profession. Because that's all I'm here to do. But I want to dig in on what you were saying about the golden era and how things were different. So I think what you were uh, pulling this out, when you go into ABC D, D camp, that idea of a kid from California going to Pennsylvania, the world got smaller in basketball, smaller and smaller to where now these kids are all seeing each other on their phones. They're aware of each other. Let's all, let's be honest, the highlight. Now their phones, is different. Yeah. yeah. But back then we had to actually go to those yeah, camps, go, go to those tournaments person. to see them. No, yeah. no, no. The world became bigger then. It was bigger then, but that was the start of it when it started to become smaller. No, 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 no. See, you're looking at the opposite. It's smaller now because you have social media so you can see everybody around the world. Then when you got the Pennsylvania, you got the ABC. Remember, that's just ABCD camp. Mm -hmm. So you're going out there watching, watching these kids, and you're like, who the f who are they? they? Don't really know. Like who? And, and this is just Adidas kids. Then you got them. There's a Peach Jam. There's a all. Then that's why I said the world became bigger because all you knew was, like, I remember the world became bigger to me from the Valley to LA. Like, oh shit, this is LA. And that's what, only what, 10 this, miles. This is 10 miles. Like, this is, this is what we do in LA. And then when you go to Vegas, it's a whole nother world. So when you go to ABCD camp and you see players that you've never heard about with skills you've never seen, you realize how big the world really was. All right, Gil, let's talk about the future. I know you're a big cell phone guy. You're always on your phone. Mm -hmm. All right? So when you think of the future, forget about the big wireless companies. And let's talk about Mint Mobile. If you're still using one of the big wireless providers this year, have you asked yourself, what are you paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly onto you. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data. You'll never use. Choose between plans with three, eight, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your old phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. All right, Gil, so here's what we got. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash... No chill. That's mintmobile.com slash... No chill. To cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash... No chill. All right, that's the future. <laughs> Gil, there is something different about you today. What is it? Oh, I switched up my cream. I'm using Lumen. Ooh. All right. I knew you, just the look was on point and it can't be all you. <laughs> so it's Lumen. Uh-huh, it that, That's what it is. And here's the cold hard truth, guys. Your skin has needs. If you want it to look as good as possible for as long as possible, you need to address them now. We get it. You might not know where to start, but there's a company that's taken all the guesswork out of it for you, and that's Lumen. Lumen is on a mission to help give men the amazing skin they deserve through high quality, expert created products delivered right to your door. All of their products are formulated specifically for men's skin, just like yours, Gil, and nice made- 
you are glossy today. And made to target skin issues with maximum efficiency using top-notch ingredients like charcoal, green tea extract, and vitamin C. It's not just about looking good, it's about feeling good. You need, to, you need good skin health, especially as you get older, to prevent long-term damage. I mean, we're getting up there in years, but I don't see any wrinkles. Yeah, I was going to say. Black, black don't crack, crack baby. I have, I've heard that. <laughs> you, dude, you can't say that. I can. You're not black, so you can't say black don't crack. It's a compliment. Black don't crack. It's a compliment. I say that. Sure, but. Black don't crack. Okay. What was that? Black don't crack. You Using said it. charcoal. Even if you have no idea where to begin, Lumen makes it so easy to find right skin management system for you. Choose from different skin concerns to address or just pick up a simple starter pack for free. You deserve to look and feel your best, and here's where to start. Go to lumenskin.com slash no chill to get one month free trial of everything you need to start your skincare journey at home. It's free, guys. That's lumenskin.com slash no chill to get your first month for free. Lumenskin.com slash no chill. What don't crack? Black. You said it. And it got that charcoal in it. All right, Gil, let's talk about our good friends at MyBookie. You know, it's summertime, and at MyBookie, that can only mean one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At MyBookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use the promo code NOCHILL and double your first deposit. That's promo code NOCHILL. New players get up to a thousand bucks in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Don't forget that promo code is no chill. Thousands of cross sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. You never went to Blue Williams with them? Blue Darton? Where? With Dart to Blue Williams? What's that? <laughs> no, I only went to Vegas. Dang. For real? Yeah, it was a, that was that was just a higher gun for, the, for the, yeah, the, was, that Vegas tournament. That was a, you did shoot that night. Yeah, it was just it was, that's what I said. It was just that Vegas, it was just a Vegas tournament, and Man. that's why I said it was just one of those. Like I had to look. I didn't know in. I didn't know my high school class until probably a couple months ago. <laughs> I was doing some research with my son mm -hmm. about kids, like, mm -hmm. and I said, "All right, let me look at let me look at my year." I didn't realize Joe Johnson. Mm -hmm. I didn't know they were top in my high school class. We never had access, heard of you had access. Yeah, we didn't have. You, you might have got heard. a newspaper or streets. No, if you didn't know, 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 Slam magazine, you that was it. We didn't know. I didn't know. I got my hey, hey, hey look me up. <laughs> oh, on the, Slam, Slam, yeah. Yes. So, with that being said, my guy, senior year, we um doing our thing. Like I said, balling, but um he in the valley. And his face will act different. So he was like, <laughs> Tay Mac, Tay Mac, dog, we about to uh, pictures or something. I don't know what was going on, but no, homecoming. Huh? Homecoming. It was your homecoming prom yeah. or something. Yeah, Dance, yeah. something. He asked me for some event. I'll give you this, this, Gilbert being Gilbert. I'll give you this chain if you let me rock that chain. <laughs> <laughs> this chain was so bull, but me being me, being young, 
I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> man, it was some seashell. I don't know what it yeah, was. Seashell stuff. But I had gave him a, a cross chain with Jesus on it. It was kind of dope. But the anyway. Puka, the puka. Puka? puka? Yeah, puka shell. Yeah, puka, puka shell. shell. Why would so. you do that? Huh? <laughs> he finessed you for some puka shell. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Gil always been Gil. So you got to understand him as a person. He's being a good, good guy. But can't be an asshole that time. <laughs> you feel me? So that being said, said if it. you don't know him for genuinely, then you ain't gonna know him. Yeah. So it is what it is. But yeah, so back to the story. We um he hit me for the homecoming thing, talking about yo, I'm about to go to homecoming. I need something to wear, fly to wear, let me get the chain, blah, blah, blah. I give you this chain. So I'm whatever. So we switch chains. I never seen a chain again until <laughs> until the slam magazine. And I'm like, hold on, Gil, you still got that chain, bro? I, 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 I'm in Arizona right now. But I'm, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, duh. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's all love. And I thought day. you were going to pull it out of your. No, nah, you got to right think now. about it like back then, like, like you, you, don't, you don't get it. Like, that chain, like, I still got compliments to this day. <laughs> like, oh, what kind of jury you had on? Like, yeah, man, my man gave me that for the. Like, it's in Slam Magazine. If you see Slam Magazine, me in it, you'll see the cross. Matter of fact, you still have braces. Yep. I see, yeah, you'll see the cross, the and they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. boy, this is. So, like, God moved right there, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, saying, so we day one since day one. So, real recognize real, and me seeing his work ethic, me seeing Cole work ethic, me seeing. Tony Bland, Jason Hart, just actually players from LA that really worked to get good. They didn't have no trainers. You feel me? Yeah, I remember him. I, I remember this. I remember Tony Bland, right? So it was my junior year, his senior year. They won state. Yeah, we was uh, playing at the pumps mm -hmm. thing. And I mean, you have every college recruit coming. So I'm in awe, like, oh man, mm -hmm. that's. That's, that's the man right there. Mm -hmm. Had the high socks on. Mm, big right? big t-shirt. And then he did something that I didn't like, right? Like it was like, it was his style, but it just it just made it seem like he really just didn't respect me. Right, right. Had the high socks high, the shorts all hot. Like it was just, like it, it was like a goofy look, but I already knew who he was. Like it was like, okay, he's, 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 he's nice. But because he... He did the goofy look against me, it pissed me off. So I was in kill mode. Like it was all, oh, I was in kill mode. Like I, I had him to the point where he was throwing a ball against the wall. Like it was like, cause this was the first time I had like, like they wasn't there to see me. Right. It was coming there to see him. He was the number one dude. Yeah. And I had 50 something. Mm -hmm. I had 50 something. And then I remember he told me, he was like, man, you balled out. Remember when you get to college, when you do get there, play your game. He said, don't let nobody change your game. So whatever you do, do it from day one. When you go into practice, do it there. Because you don't want to be modest, trying to be trying to fit in. And then when they put you in the game, you try to do you. Because once you try to do that and they ain't never seen it, they're going to yank you out. So from day one, if you sc score from day one. And that stuck with me the whole time. So when I went to Arizona, that's all I knew. Just show them what I do. But it was... But what happened was I used to watch him in college. And I was like, yo, you, you're you not doing what you do. That's what I was about to ask you. Like, why would he go to Syracuse then? It, yeah, exactly. He didn't do. And then he left him instead of San Diego State and got loose. Yeah, it's like, time it was too late. you know, because they, the put wave, him at, new wave went in. they put him at a two and he, yeah. he wasn't a two. Mm -hmm. You know, he was more, you know, he was a taller point guard that ball, had that finesse ball, type of game. Ball dominant can't score. Yeah. I was trying to think who was at Syracuse before. I mean, he they was were there, big time, he, big there time. With Jay, he was there with Jason Hart. Mm -hmm. 
You know, so it was Jason Hart that won him at the two, but he wasn't a, a, a scorer like that. that. He wasn't a shooter like that. So it kind of it kind of hurt him a little bit. He was that a scorer, move. right on a shooter. And he had his zone. In that zone, yeah. yeah. That, ever just, I just thought about it. That, that year y'all played Crenshaw, uh, y'all beat us the first round. I mean, like I said, that my whole high school era was a blur, Burr. honestly, because yeah. I was like living ahead. I wasn't in the moment. And I was trying to get up out of high school to get to college. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. thinking about high school. Yeah, y'all yeah, yeah. was smacking my way. So, yeah, remember, yeah, so back to that for you. When, smack, you, when, you were going, when you were going through that time in high school to college, then 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 what happened? Um, what was my junior year, so, so we had Inglewood now. D'Angelo um, did what he did. So my senior year, I'm really pressing because now everybody at Westchester is getting recruited. Everybody at Westchester, they don't want to go Division One. I look up, everybody wishes to win Division One, but no, but not me. So um, my senior year comes, D'Angelo, we go to, uh, it was in Delaware. And um, LeBron James was there, um, Blade Robinson, near Rainier Beach. We played them in semifinals. But long story short, me and Nate had a battle, and you know, Nate, we had a battle. <laughs> For real, so but I had two bad wheels, though. So with that being said, D had like 31, I had 28, but we lost by a couple of points, and I felt like if, I was on my goodwill. We would have won that game because mm -hmm. Nate wasn't showing me nothing, anything that was like wowing me. He wasn't jumping like that back then. He was still like, we was about the same height and you know, me. So anyway, it was a good game. I averaged like 15 and 10 that whole tournament. So you can do the research 15 and 10. But at um, the end of the day, it was just the whole point of me competing when I wasn't ready. And um, so my junior year happened, that happened my senior year. I came back to California, played good. Averaged about 25 and 12 a game. Um, this recruiting, like I said, my grades wasn't good. I had the injury bug. Remember, Coach Henry right. Bibby pulled me in his office, like they recruited me real heavy. Coach Bibby, he was like, um, "Yeah, I would take you, but um, you might break down on me." Just like mm. that. I don't know if you ever been talking to that, Coach, that's Coach SC Henry. That's SC for you, Gil. Huh? That's SC for you. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you talked to Henry Bibby before, but he's real blunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he gave it to me just like that. Like I would get you a good guard, but you just might break down on me. Yeah, and he, I, I, I accepted, not going to chin. So. Luckily, um, I had Barron in my life situation by TBI, knowing Barron, he was already, I guess, one or two years into the NBA. Mm -hmm. um, Hargrave Military Academy situation came up as prep school, and he took care of me financially. He helped me partially with my um, scholarship. So I went there um, for a year. It's all boys school academy. They got a good little history of Colio Young went there. Um, mm. Tony Bobbitt went there that I know of. Well, before me, after me, there was plenty of other kids. So. I think um, with a kid from the Clippers, the Dreads. Trez, he went there too. Oh, okay. A lot of kids went to Hargrave. So Hargrave's a good school when it comes to pumping athletes out. They had a major football team too, but it's a boarding school. It's a discipline era boarding school. They didn't tell me that. <laughs> 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 they didn't tell me that to wake up at five in the morning and have my bed done by 5.10, have my pants starched in. These guys it was a military the bubble school. Was bad. Yeah, you feel yeah, me? Yeah. So I didn't know I wasn't exposed to the research knowing what the school was. All I knew was a postgraduate program. My NCAA clock didn't start. I still get a chance to go to SC. So let's go. So I did that. Total cultural shock. It broke me down, put me back up, made me a better person, better man, made me realize that I was messing up. I was immature and I had, a, you know, a future. So I straightened up. I signed with a school called Fordham in um, Atlantic 10 Conference. Bob Hill um, wanted me. But he just left there to go back to the NBA. Then coach said, see how Supersonics that year with um, Durant. Mm -hmm. So um, what gave me motivation with him recruiting me was he said that he, I reminded him of, of um, he said, uh, Damien Stoudemire and um, uh, uh, well, uh, he has one more other legend player. 
But anyway, any day, the, him recruiting me gave me more confidence that I could play on the NBA level. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you're, you're an NBA coach. Yeah. So that being said, you see some kind of NBA skill in me, in talent. Mm -hmm. So let me just go and just get to the next school. So um, I'll sign with nobody. <laughs> nobody wanted me because SC said that I was injury prone. So um, I went to CSI, College of Southern Idaho. Like I said, all I have is my history. So I did my homework, Kitty Bruner from LA. He went to CSI. Mm -hmm. and he has a hell of a story. So I did my homework on him and he did CSI. as number one winning the junior college in American history. They have a great tradition. So I went there, played good my freshman season. Um, once again, the ego. The guard that was there prior to me was signed to DePaul. He was injured my whole freshman year. So I played starting point guard. He come back this, during the tournament to Hutchinson and my minutes get diminished. Like I get like from starting to like in between four games, I play like 20 some minutes. Ooh, yeah, that's, oof. And my freshman, I'm like, bruh, it just mentally blew me. I just flew my little girlfriend out from LA to Idaho. <laughs> so I feel like myself, I'm about to get loose. You uh -huh. feel me? I'm gonna do my thing and get up out of here, go to SC, I'm keep it going. Um, nah, didn't happen. So that was a reality check and I didn't know how to handle that very well. So me and the head coach clashed and it was kind of like a situation where after we clashed, he didn't have my best interest. Um, after the, the season was over with, two of my teammates got into a fight on campus, and I'm literally there watching. It's on film, no punches thrown on my behalf, but we're on campus, and it's a fight, zero tolerance fighting. They sent me home. So I had a 14-hour bus ride from Twin Falls, in Idaho, all the way back to LA to think about my life. I got my boy, my godbrother, um, Bottoms, Brandon, as I um, San Diego State. I got Pooh at, um, Portland State, I got Trevor at UCLA, all my peers is just balling, everybody mm -hmm. doing their thing. So I'm like, what I'm gonna do? Right. I gotta get back on the, on the map. So I figured it out, went to Southwest College, um, played one season there, ended up getting a scholarship at HPU, Division II, I went to HPU. My sophomore season, my meniscus tour. My junior year, my shit break. I'm at HPU now in college, they got us playing outside. Nah. It's not happening, bro. No. I'm not diving for loose balls. I'm not getting weak. I'm not getting jig. I'm gonna get shifty. No, it's not happening. Then every 15 minutes is rainstorms. So it's like how I'm really getting a rhythm and I gotta worry about sliding <laughs> on the court. You feel me? So coach, I gotta ask for a transfer. No, you swear, two bro. The worst. You feel I'm thinking Hawaii. If I gotta go somewhere, let me go to Hawaii. I mean rock out. I'm in Hawaii. Let me rock out. It was total opposite of what I thought. That just God testing me, like telling me, like, bro, you need to humble yourself, slow down. And I didn't recognize it. So I just kept moving, moving, called Rico Hines. I'm asking for a transfer, Rico. I got a body here, bro. I'm trying to go pro. He was like, all right, we get home, come to UCLA, we put this put together. So I went to UCLA, started playing pickup ball, doing my thing. And it was just grinding from that point on. That's 2007. So 2007, I'm just grinding on, grinding, grinding. Finally, Bottoms get a spot in 2011, 2010. He's in Bulgaria. He told me to come out there to check him out. I go out there, check him out for a couple of um, months. And during that whole time out there, I'm just working out. Make, make sure the general manager see me, make sure the student coach see me, make sure yeah. somebody see me, yeah. feel me? I'm out here grinding. To the point where by the time I left, they did offer me um, to come back for a um, contract. So I'm like, dope, come back home. I had an accident. And my accident put me into the situation where now, it's like now, what I'm gonna do? Change my whole life. So once that happened, um, I learned when that accident, it was me straddling the fence. Uh, like I said, not being fully committed in my craft, playing basketball, God, didn't bless me because I was in high school thinking about the grill, thinking about the money, thinking about the, the, the endorsements, thinking about the things that wasn't relevant to the time at hand, mm -hmm. like my grades, like being a good kid, like being prioritizing everything. So it's just time management. And um, 
I learned that through trial and error. I learned that through heartbreak. I learned that through, I mean, really hardship. And um, it happened. So was that my break my leg, come back? I, my story is crazy. So after my accident, <laughs> yeah. So it's just me to say 2007 all the way up until 2012 now. Um, we're playing ball. I'm at Darby Park, Rogers Park, grinding. I don't have no trainer. We just grind and try and figure it out. And um, I started, I linked back up with Kobe. Me and Kobe linked back up 2009. I'll start working his camps again. And um, being in LMU, 2008, LMU, did like one, one year there. And then we went to Santa Barbara for the remaining years. So 2009, 2010, 2011, we in Santa Barbara training kids in the summertime and, you know, just loving what I'm doing, trying to figure it out. And um, I met my guy, he's a more of a, a financial advisor than an agent. His name is Brett Godlip, but I met him there. He was part of the staff. So he basically said, bro, you got game. Cause every, before every camp, we play a staff game, mm-hmm. you feel me? And I'm killing, doing my thing, but I'm part of the staff. They don't know who I am, but he saw the talent in me and was like, bro, I got connections overseas. I know people overseas. So we networked and God worked out where he got put in a situation where I got in front of some players in Dubai, a team in Dubai wanted to see me, a team in Israel wanted to see me. So it was a good situation. If I finally go to overseas to with, uh, Bottoms in Bulgaria, and um, like I said, I wanted to be seen by somebody. So I'm uh, after practice, the general manager is walking around. I'm do, doing my thing. Assistant coach, lurk, lurk, lurk. The assistant coach is lurking around the gym. I'm doing my thing, and um, it's just basically I'm trying to be seen. I'm trying to get in where I fit in. Mm-hmm. So finally, I come back home, straddling the fence. I got one foot in Eaglewood and one foot trying to be a pro. I got caught up. Somebody I thought was my friend, I mean, tried to hurt me. So that being said, he tried to rob me. I got, I got shot. I got shot six times with a 45. So I got shot and paralyzed. You thought I wasn't, I mean, at the end of the day, that man said I'm not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just me overcoming that situation. Well, once again, another adversity I had to overcome. So I'm in the hospital thinking to myself, what am I gonna do? <laughs> Once again, everybody's in, I think that time, 2012, did Kobe and then they win a championship? When yep. did Trevor and win a championship? 2010. 2010, does Trevor and just won a championship? So I'm sitting in my bed thinking to myself, paralyzed. Gilbert just retired. I'm like, everybody balling, like, everybody's successful, everybody blessed. Tyson doing his thing. I'm like, man, this is crazy. So why, why God? I'm asking, not questioning God, but asking why. And um, I just said to myself that I'll go started doing camps and clinics, because I remember doing it with Kobe and Paul Pierce, Baron Davis, like doing these camps and clinics. So that's what I had on my heart. I finally got off the bed. They said, you know, muscles started tweaking, started working, started feeling a little tingling to fill in my legs. I'm like, okay, we got action here. So I started walking slowly but surely crawling and just getting back on my feet. And then I feel like the kids, just me loving basketball as much as I love basketball, and then seeing the kids actually develop Okay, so with that being said, I knew the kids were just gonna come to my camps because they don't know who I am. I had to earn my name. So I had to earn my respect, let them know who I am as a skill developer, let them know that I am official with basketball knowledge. So I put forth the effort and started digging in, started tapping into free kids. Wanna work out with me? Wanna work out with me? Started going around Darby Rogers, only Darby and Rogers because I'm from Inglewood. I wasn't trying to bounce around to be spread myself thin like all the other trainers do. Like, I'm a trainer, come train with me, come train with me. Nah, I'm not trying to be that guy. So I stayed in my city and did my thing and the gravitational pull started happening. Word of mouth started happening. Parents in my era, our era, started mm-hmm. knowing that they know my legacy, they know my story. So they started bringing their kids to me mm-hmm. and their kids are getting better. And they're like, it just gravitational pulls just start happening. So, I mean, 
after my accident, I had to tell some parents that I'm not fully 100%, I'm not where I used to be because I had a stroke during surgery. That's why my speech kind of messed up. I got shot in my neck, so I kind of slurred a little bit, but in the day, I'm still here for your kid. I'm still gonna try to give my best, pour in my best, pour in my all into your kid. And it's gonna be positive, it's gonna be genuine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's been my pitch from day one, and I've been, been doing pretty well since day one. So, I'm just trying to stay in my lane, keep doing my thing, and Will is Rare is here. That's why I'm a company called Real is Rare. I mean, Real is rare. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know, you know, none of this. Yeah, you was in Washington doing your thing. Yeah, I was, you know, sitting there in my bubble. You and Nick doing your thing. Yeah, trying to, you know, trying to get my, (laughs) you know, same thing, trying to figure out my situation. Yeah, we met. um, 2013. 13, 14, yeah, because you was like, yeah, I've just been walking Mm -hmm. for a couple months. Yeah, Yeah, just started walking again. Yes, we had met again. So that being said, it was like, you know, yeah, full circle. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, we all go through, you know, things in life that nobody can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all question it. You know, I, I, I'm in the same situation where, you know, I get hurt, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, I'm hurt, but you know, I'm trying to catch Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to catch this person. I just, I just missed out. It's you like know. a pet of spirit. Yeah, you, you know, you, you, you sit here, you're not taking nothing serious. Like, mm-hmm. nah, I ain't got, you know, you still trying, you get hurt again. And you sitting there like, all right, it's two injuries, okay. Okay, they're in front of me right now, but I'm not going to let this man catch Facts. me. You know, now I got to sit there training, blow the other one out. You know, no, it, that's it, all it we does. Know. That's all we know. Our whole life with basketball, that's all we love to do. So when it's taken away from us prematurely, it's like, what the? You yeah. feel me? But in the day, like I said, if it wasn't for God, me having that spiritual background, me knowing my, basically, I was so thankful to be alive, first and foremost. <laughs> I was like, just let me figure it out. Day by day, I got stronger. Day by day, more kids started coming to the program. I started be able to show more things, and it's just like, yeah, now y'all know, now y'all see. You know, I, I think it's the fight, the Hooper fight in you that 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 kept you going. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, just hearing a story, you know, most most people would have broke a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And changed professor, changed yeah, it just different. broke. Like, yo, I would have, I would have, you know, you would have lost it after high school, like, you know what I mean? But you know, that Hooper spirit of the cockiness is, it's, it was the bless, it was a blessing and a curse. It was the curse to keep you going. But it was the blessing to keep you going also. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the kike is like, oh, I see him here. I'm here. I got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you didn't quit. So, yeah, it, it might not have got you to the NBA because of injuries. But the people you're training, mm-hmm. you getting them to the NBA was probably the whole goal the whole time. And I think that's more fulfilling than anything now that I am feeling now during being a skill developer is because I'm seeing the kids actually develop and feel appreciated. Like mm-hmm. they look at me like with a different look, and I was like, "Hey, that's they'll understand. That's more therapeutic for me than I'm. They're, I'm, they're helping me more than I'm helping them." And, that that, and, and that's what you know. That's that's probably that path you was probably going on, not knowing that. You know what I mean? That this is it. You know when when you look back ten years from now and say, "Man, you know to be honest." I put 22 NBA players into the into the league. WNBA, I, I, I've, I've made 30 pros. And that pro, you remember that pro that gets to the pro says, hey man, J Mac, come on, man. I want you, I want you as my head coach. You know what I mean? Now your whole another whole career done started. You know how it works. You know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and that's how it started. It starts from what you're doing now. Yeah, I'm like, definitely just getting started. So that being said, it's like I'm loving every moment of the journey. Loving every moment of the process of me. 
finding the next uh, diamond in the rough. Because it's a challenge. It's a challenge, you know I mean? yeah. challenge of seeing something that just that, that doesn't have the confidence. You mm -hmm. just steal the confidence in them and just say, hey, listen, this is what you are. This is who you're going to be. If you want it, let's go get it. And I feel like I can't lie to it because I witnessed it with you. I've mm -hmm. seen you grind. I've seen you with the double rim. I've mm -hmm. seen Kobe grind with, the, with his work ethic at Palisades High School, 6 in the morning. Him and Tracy McGrady flying out here going for hours one-on-one. Kobe walk on the same move for hours, same move for a whole week. So like, bro, um, watching Michael <laughs> Jordan, Michael Jordan tapes over and over again. Like I'm watching greatness, I'm witnessing it. Mm -hmm. Not knowing it's gonna become greatness, not knowing you're gonna become who you became, not knowing Kobe's gonna become who he's become. I'm feeling myself, get y'all. Mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah. I'm witnessing this stuff. Yeah, Paul yeah. Pierce, Jason Hart, Baron Davis. So all this stuff me witnessing now, I can pour into the next generation, let them know you don't look familiar. Not nah, you look right. You ready? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah. Me? And people don't understand that. People like I can. I can even see. I can look at kids and see if you don't watch out. You're in the moment right now, but if you don't watch out, you're gonna be lost. Mm -hmm. And you know, you you I, you can see it because we've been through. We've been through the era where we've seen it come and go. Mm -hmm. We've seen. You know. Okay, he's being babied. You know, he doesn't have the dog. He has the skill, but doesn't have the dog. Mm -hmm. He has a natural talent, but he doesn't have work. You can see it. You know, and it's like trying to tell some kid, like, hey, you might want to humble him now before before basketball gods do. Right, facts. You know what facts. I mean? And, and, and it's like, it's, it's, you know, you're in the position where you can tell a story. Mm -hmm. Say, listen, hey, who you are? I was 10 times, I was 10 times, I, I was 10 that. times in front of you, homeboy. Like, right. like this is before social media right. and I was popping way before. Right, you know, I said, you got social media on your side <laughs> it wasn't even close to me. Facts. You know what I mean? You can say, you can say that and mm -hmm. for him to say like, you're right, you're right. Let me go ahead and listen to, listen to what he's saying. But that's the thing though, this generation, yeah, I could say that, but they won't believe me. Or they, they don't, they don't, honestly. Well, they got to believe you now. Yeah, that's now though. That's how I have a full circle. I was gonna say put your story out there, but they get, yeah, to, but they they get to see it, it now. It, yeah. it, it's go live. I mean, everything happens full circle. Yeah. <laughs> you you going live? When, when you official, it's small. You got remember? Small, I, listen, I was there. I right. watched you where I just finished dropping, mm -hmm. dropping Crenshaw, and I'm feeling myself and hearing grown. 11th graders, 10th grade people say, yo, that's God's son right mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Like, so you know, you know how good you have to be for juniors and seniors to be like, yo, that's the Shit, next. my freshman year at Westchester, Jason Hart came from Syracuse at, at lunchtime, playing like a five on five play pickup game. And I remember crossing him or throwing the ball between his legs, dropping. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. My we, freshman year. Like, he, he, he big big <laughs> East defensive player of the year. Yeah, we sit here like, yo, this is. This is the man right here. <laughs> like, so that's what I said. Our game, like, game, game you, you see it early. You see it and you recognize it. Yeah, so, so these kids, I can't be a fan of. I can't fall into the trap of social media, of me trying to believe y'all hype. Mm -hmm. Nah, I can see what you got. I see what you're lacking in. Let's develop it. Let's keep pushing. Yeah. So that's why I said, get the boys. I'm on the girl's side. So mm -hmm. Trevor blessed me um, a couple years ago. His niece, his niece is um, Judea Watkins. Mm -hmm. So he called me like, yo, bro, my niece, she, um, sixth grade. So I know you got your handles. You're trying to get back on your feet. Won't you help my niece with her handles? One thing led to another. She comes four times a week, three hours at a time. We grinding. We getting it in at Darby. Getting it in. Sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Eighth grade, she blew up. But that's just the work ethic. Mm -hmm. under, the, under the radar, get it in. And her status on social media, her era, her timing, it was perfect. She's going to really be a game changer, a breaking barriers for the mm -hmm. women's game of basketball. So just that process happened. And her being so successful, or her peers for trying to figure out what happened, like how you just... Well, yo, what happened? Yeah. They like Jason McKinney, really, really J Mac. Yeah. You know what I mean? So one thing led to another. Like I said, when you're official, the world is small. So 
ball handling is what I do. It wasn't like I would cone drill or talk. It was me having an imagination, me knowing that I want to work on this move. So I did it consistently so I got it down packed and just like just having your own swag, building your own confidence. Basketball's all about confidence. Mm-hmm. If you ain't confident, stop playing. Yep. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I can see if your kid's confident, I can see if he's cocky, I can see if he's arrogant, I can tell. So, that being said, I'm on the girl side of basketball. Cause <laughs> boy, yeah, because the boys, they're not respecting my, 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 me not being physically capable of showing them that I can do it. You, you know what's they're so not funny? They're not and, respecting and, it. And that is a hard part, too, with being a trainer because, you know, when you're trying to teach boys and they're, they're at that skill level where they can do things mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I, I can't do it no more. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, well... Well, I used to do them. Like, man, nobody want to hear about what you used right. to do all the I mean, time. And that, and that was like, the humbling thing about it, too. Because when I first got out of the hospital, I'm thinking, I'm going to be a pro. I got all these pro friends. They about to put me on. I'm about to be a pro trainer. Mm-hmm. Bro, you ain't a pro trainer. You ain't developing nobody from grassroots to be a pro trainer. You can't label yourself as a pro trainer. So I had to humble myself and just really get physically capable to grab a rebound, to bend over, to play some defense, to slide to the point where I could challenge them yep, yeah, as yeah. an athlete. You feel me? So it was just me humbling myself so realizing that the boy's side, I ain't ready for. <laughs> you know, what was so funny is I, I have the same, I have the same thing because, you know, I have bad knees mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm, I can do the move right. but I can't, you know, right, what's right, the name right. with it but it's like, all right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to work on right. boom, boom, boom. Right. You know, I can demonstrate it mm-hmm. and then you guys do it but with my son, listen, you can't beat me. Right, facts. First of all, none of y'all can beat facts, me. So, facts, you know, one on one, if you want to try one on one, yeah, I might not be able to go in for a layup, but you can't stop the jump shot. So, <laughs> what's happening? You're gonna you know, regardless. so, you know, so I still get challenged, but you're not going to beat me once I get, once I can see the basket, you're not right. going to beat me. So, you know, the kids are still listening, but I can see them trying to teeter. Man, they so be, I challenge them, they hey, be yo, jabbing. Hey, let's do the 25 spot shots and then blow their asses out. Now they back on, like, oh, I can't beat. Or just give them a drill that they can't do. Yeah, Expose yeah. their weaknesses to the point they get frustrated. They're like, you know what? You right. You <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's you what I'm saying. You mean, oh, the yeah, best teacher's reality. Yeah, that's yeah, best teacher's reality. You put them in reality yeah. mode where they can't do something you're trying to mm-hmm. teach, and it, may, it actually like humble, humbles them. Humble well, that's J Mag, that's exactly what you said was the humility. Mm-hmm. How do you teach that? Because some kids are like Juju, for example, she's locked in, she is very humble, so she'll listen. So mm-hmm. I think that's why you can Because, I mean, you got her from, you got her before she blew. You yeah, but what about the kids that I mean, it starts in the household, too. So she has, you have great parents in the household to guide that, to, to groom that. Mm-hmm. You feel me? It's like, I don't, he was born in a single-parent household. His story is crazy. I was born in a single-parent household. My story is crazy. So we had to really learn and teach ourselves. Mm-hmm. Groom ourselves, like as an upbringing. We didn't have nobody to mentor us and watch videos tapes up, knowing how we should talk, how we should act in front of cameras, or about branding in general. But all those, all all those characteristics, yeah. though, you can have athleticism, you can have the confidence, but the humility. For the kids that are advanced, how do you put that into them? That's what I say about the household. But it comes with it. I mean, you just got to beat them. You gotta, that's what I said. Like, I, I, I do this. Like, you know, no matter, like, you know, if there's a super athletic kid, obviously I can't, I can't stop you. But if you want to play a one-on-one, we can do one, two, one dribble, two dribbles. <laughs> you, you done there Keep it because your host, everything you've been training, you've been training to get busy. I take that away from you. If you, if you are real score. One, two dribbles. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. I'm glad so, you said that. Y'all heard them because I swear to all my parents, all my kids, I don't teach over dribbling. One, two, three moves the most. Three moves, you all should be out yeah, of there. Three three moves the is... The most, you should the, be out of there. And that's a that's a move you're doing against a Patrick Beverly, uh, uh, a Kawhi Leonard type. You, you need three moves from him. Other than that, it's one, two. For your elite defenders, you need a third move. You know what I mean? So that's what, you know, when I'm playing, like you... 
we're gonna play like I used to do that to Sky Clark. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and you gonna bop the, you ain't bopping me. You ain't gonna have, you ain't gonna put me through another surgery. All right, so we're gonna do one two moves, <laughs> one two boy. dribbles, and that's all. I'm, I'm capping you off at one two dribbles. Mm -hmm. You know, now I can compete with you. Now you can see like like you're beating me up and down the court. I put you in one two moves, and now I'm better than you. Let you know how bad your game is right now. You're bad. Your right, game is right. only good. You 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 can't play in half court. You can't play in the zone. You can't play when a game is on the line because you're used to a certain style of play. So now I show you when it's crunch time, you only have one or two dribbles, and I'm old man is 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 competing with you. Let you know what you need to be working on now. I tell them like this: every level is less dribbles. Whatever yep. level you want to be on. Yep. Let them figure it out. Every level is less dribble. You want to yeah. sit there and dribble like an N1 mixtape? Be on N1 mixtape. How See, many N1 mixtapes in the league? None. But that's what, you know, but that's why I said they, they look at, you know, they, they look at the, the, the James Hardens and the Kyrie's. That's because he's bored. Yeah. He perfected his craft already. He, <laughs> he perfected the fundamentals already. So now let me challenge myself and step back. See, well, someone laughed when I said that. What do you mean? And I said, I said, you get to a point where when, it, when it, people talk about James Harden, I said, James Harden is bored right now. Right. He's it's boring. The, the NBA right now for him is boring. So he doesn't challenge himself. If you couldn't stop him averaging 34, where do you think he goes from there? So what he does is he makes the game difficult for himself because if he put one or two dribbles in, one or two moves, he's averaging 40, 45. So he keeps it competitive by, I'm a pop, pop, Do pop, extra stuff. pop, 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 okay, step back one leg. He's doing that to help you guys on defense. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's helping you out, and he's still scoring 36 a game. He's giving you 12 dribbles to still average 36 <laughs> because he's bored. Well, if, he, if he wanted to do one, I remember when Kobe was bored. Pump fake, pump fake, pump fake, pump fake. One more pump fake. Pump fake, <laughs> jump shot. Like, he's doing that because he's, because he can. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to spin, spin, fade away out of bounds on three people. Instead of, like before, you got to remember, here comes a double. I need to hurry and beat the double. No, 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 no. Let the double come. Now I want to beat the double. I remember Kobe at practice one time, Southwest College, uh, like I said, having fun at practice against Eddie Jones and them being bored. Eddie going down the paint, something happened. But he threw the ball and behind, like, under his back and went back to his legs. Everybody went like this for the pass, but it went back to him. He tried to run, he to hit the jumper. But that right there, that move right there, I still do to this day. And it blows everybody away, like, wow. But I learned it from Kobe. If you, him being bored, he said, y'all can play me during the game, Dale Harris, I'm gonna have fun during practice. Yeah. And he went hard during practice and he had fun. Well, I wanted to bring up Kobe because of your relationship mm -hmm. with him. And then exactly what you're talking about was how you saw his game evolve and progress over the years, knowing what he was capable of and then what he accomplished. What was that like, having a front row seat? First of all, like I said, I didn't know what he was capable of, but I knew his work ethic, but I was so caught up in myself. <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> I thought I was that guy and I was gonna be next, so in the day, I'm not worried about you. I, I told Derek Fisher, I don't know if you remember this, but I told you I'm gonna take your spot. I remember saying that to him one day, like, I'm gonna take your spot, because I was that guy, I felt like I was that good, gonna be that good, so it was just that competitive spirit in me. So um, just seeing Kobe, he hated losing, he hated not playing, and Dale Harris didn't play him, and then when he was winning at the, um, like, during scrimmages at practice, I remember vividly, Dale put him on the losing team. 
and see if he can make his way back to the winning team. And they would lose, he would be hot. But that was just, I guess, building that fire in him. I don't know what Dale did when they had it going internally, but I know Cole used to play hours after practice, have me rebound and be mad that <laughs> Dale was messing with him. He would be talking shit and made hitting jumpers. Nothing but net hitting him. I'm like, all right, bro. But he was real anal about being the best. And him watching Jordan over and over. He stole, he got the Jordan tape from um, Nick Van Nexel. Nick Van Nexel had VHS tape and um, of Michael Jordan highlights. And he asked for him for one time. He never gave it back to Nick. I don't know if Nick got it back from him before he passed away. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but exactly, you feel me? But that's that. But that's how he was. Though he wanted to be, if not like MJ, better than MJ. He's wanted to be the best player that he could be. And he knew that Dale Harry was holding him back. So he just exerted all that extra energy that he couldn't waste during the game and practice and worked out. And it just. It worked out for him. Yeah, turned into a beast. Yeah, it turned into a monster. He was already a beast. Yeah, people don't understand. Like sometimes, you know, that 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 fire can do two things. It can burn, you know, mm-hmm. greatness into us, or it can burn us out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you know, for the most part, if you l- listen to everyone's story of what got them over the hump, is something happened. You know that they didn't like, and they used it to their advantage. That's why I said. You know, sometimes you know we we, we get broken when things are not going our way. And sometimes it just says, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm sitting in this gym 10, 12 hours, you know, you know, perfecting my craft, perfecting my craft. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, really say you wasn't humble injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we think about greatness and we think about the next level, being injured ain't part of the goddamn story. Right. Exactly. Let's just be honest. It right. ain't in, like, it ain't, like so, if, if somebody would have told you, yeah, man, you're going to get hurt your, 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 your freshman year, your, like, nah, hold mm-hmm. on. What do you mean? You ain't going to do that to me. Right, right. right. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not part of our story. Our mm-hmm. story is always, we don't mind going through the war. As long as I still got my body, <laughs> right, right. You ain't. I don't give. I don't care where you put me at. Mm-hmm. You can put. You can put me in any country you want, right. and tell me to make it back here. I'm gonna make it. Just give me my tools, right, right. That that you're looking at, and that's that's what we don't understand sometimes. When you know my knee get taken away, your knee get taken away, and you're trying to battle the same demon, but less of a demon yourself. Mm. And don't understand the process of, wait, hold on. I don't, we got to remember, we're coming through the era where we, if we can still play 25%, we supposed you to play. play. right. If we broke, yeah. It's, if there's no blood, no foul. We didn't understand that, no, 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 hold on. He's 100%. Mm-hmm. You get 100% first and then make it a fair fight. Think about it. They right? want you to play half injured so they can beat you. And you make up the excuse like, oh, I was injured. They don't, I don't care. No. You know, just so, that, just so someone can say, I, I don't, that ain't my problem. If you wasn't healthy, you shouldn't have got out there. Right. You know what I mean? But, you know, but I that was tell competitive. Them, I couldn't tell nobody that I was injured. No, that's what I'm saying. You just had to go out there. Yeah, I just had to go out but, there and, and represent and get my butt bust or go on a yeah, bad wheel. But that, was, but, but that was the thing where we didn't have the, the luxury to be like, wait, hold on. Let me just, let me listen to my body. You know, I'm. And have, we, we didn't have no knowledge or yeah, no mentors to no, really guide us. Like, I'm still, my. Still swelling up after the game. That something ain't right. Still, if it's mm-hmm. if it's swelling up after every game, means it ain't right, fully. Right. You know, we didn't. I know about chiropractors and yeah. stuff too. Like my <laughs> freshman year in college. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like, yeah. you know, you done already went through two major surgeries. That's mm-hmm. done. That's done really changed the game a little bit. 
it all the way. It, yeah, it didn't change. It didn't change how you move. Aaron Brooks, I saw him in, out there. I remember I looked up, saw him in Oregon. I'm like, How's, I remember this dude. He in the league now. Oh my god, yeah. my injury. If I wasn't injured, yeah, it does it to, yeah, it does it to you. Like these dudes don't even know. So because your mind, you're already thinking of other things. You're thinking about competition. You're thinking about winning. Yeah, you're, 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 you're thinking about your play. You're, you're, you're in a different universe. No, but that's not it. You're, you're thinking about your place. You got to remember, you you got injured and you stopped. And now you have to spend your time rehabbing while everybody's still getting better. So that means whoever you was with gets a little further. Whoever you was in front of is catching, catching you. Right. You know what I mean? So you don't have time to really process this. I came back jumping higher off this injury that I did um, before I got hurt. Cause yeah, I, went because to, I worked so much on my Because you worked so much yeah. on putting, not realizing you done this, like, you didn't yeah. put no focus on this one. I feel like it's a higher power, it's God. Yeah. God's humbling us, finding ways to humbling us, like, pay attention, brother. But I think that's that's your story, because all these setbacks, you never gave up, you never quit. Yeah. Most definitely. That, Especially real, with basketball. That is, the real, that is the real, like, the real lesson that you went through all of this to sit here today to just be like, I'm still here. No, I'm going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going nowhere. I'm, yeah. I'm going... I'm gonna put my stamp on the game, no matter what. If it's, I feel like that's my purpose. If it's putting it through these kids, I'm, I'm going. Yeah, it's I thought coming. The, the idea is gonna be NBA star. <laughs> yeah, I want to be have NBA uh, give it a Raiders career, but in the day, that wasn't my, but was my path, wasn't my journey, wasn't really my my story. My story is to learn from Gilbert, learn from. Kobe, Barron, all these NBA legends, and then give back to the next generation. Let them know what they do's and don'ts. Yeah, let them know don't. what it takes. I don't want to be a coach, but I will be in the gym let you know what your flaws are, your weaknesses are, and how to perfect them, and let's, let's work on it. And I think your greatest attribute, you're not a head coach when you say you don't want to be yeah, a coach, but you're, still, you're a coach. I mean, but developer. You, you, it's coaching. Yeah. It's yeah. coaching. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you always say, that it's coaching. But what you're passing on is the psychology. Yeah. The mental component, which is Exper the most valuable. Experience. Yeah, yeah, but for him too. It's experience. He's but if the kid, if you, you were talking about if they if they see what you did and they can't, then they can't say anything. Right. If they know what you've been through, right. but they that's what can't I'm saying. It's experience of just the basketball journey. I you mean, you're, the game. you're not talking about some uh, a kid who just I just high road. It's just a high road. It's just a high road of life, and you try to talk to him, and he went to the high road line. Up, man. I ain't, I ain't want to. Now you, you know you got somebody who's who's, who's had hardship, peaks and valleys, good times, bad times. That like that, he's had a career. You know, he's had a basketball career. It's I done went to this country, played for this. I had to go here. I had to take a bus right here. Had to like that. That is his basketball career where he gets to sit kids down from an early age and let them know about this career. The ones that want to listen. So that's yeah. why I started gravitating toward the women's side of basketball because they, the women are really gravitating toward it. They're listening. Mm -hmm. They're more receptive to my story, more receptive to my you teaching. You know, they're, they're, they're more respectful of the game. Yeah, so, you know. You know, you know when, you're, when, you're, when you're a dude, you're, it's, it's you, you, like, even, like, even with my son, like, I understand where, you know, it's like, all right, you, you can't out dribble me. I, I can if I want to. All right. Like I, I work. I, you still can't beat me in nothing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But you know, like same thing. It's like he doesn't understand. Like he'll hear people like, "Yo, your dad cold." You, he'll, he, he'll hear it. But I say, I say, you know what I'll do? Who's your favorite player? And I'll be like, Steph. All right. And he'll, all right, Steph. How many shots do you you take a day? Right, right. Steph re replies. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. He replied. 
Motherfucker, yeah, he replied. Right. Kevin Garnett, I mean, Kevin Durant, that's what he said. But Dame Leonard, that's what he said. That many, though? Yeah, so, right. yeah, just how many, so get you. Exactly. What you get doing? To work, get to work. You know what I mean? You know, I so witnessed I, Cole getting in. I witnessed Gilbert walk, yeah. walk with his little small rim, put it inside the other rim, and get shots up. Yeah. I witnessed it. So if you ain't doing this, come on now. You don't that's what I said. Even, even with me, even with my own, like, I still have to, like, I'm not going to sit here and fight with you on what, what I will. I can show you all the highlights, but. I still got to make it relatable. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? You know, my this one likes Kyrie. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, Kyrie, what, what, hey, can you talk to my little man for me? Boom, right. there you go. You know, same thing I had to do for the fathers. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you got to listen to your father, man. Same, same thing. I, I got to do the same thing. Hey, Kyrie, here you go. Right, right. I mean, that's... Working on your dribbling, and this is what he do. Tell him, you know what I mean? So you, you still, because no matter who we are, we still get, <laughs> we still get zoned out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can't, but we can't, we can't let it defeat us because at the end of the day, we're we're trying to get. I got him, I'm trying to get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to get there, that's that's on you. Right. Like I tell my son, I'm not gonna wake you up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I said, I'm up at 6:30, working. I work out first, then wake up your sisters and your brother. But I'm not waking you up. Mm-hmm. I said, so if you want to get up, you want to stay up to 4 4 a.m. and then wake up at 11. Shit, I done, we done worked out three times. Mm-hmm. You got to catch up. Mm-hmm. I said, you got to catch up. I said, you know, we already done took a thousand shots. You know, so I said, if you want to wake up, you got to you gotta want it. I remember when Coach told us stuff, he could start going at 4 a.m. in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. It wasn't his first year, it was his second year mm-hmm. when he met Vanessa. That's when he said he was start like really just locking in and managing his time better and just locking in. Yeah. And four or three in the morning, I'm not getting no brother for sure. You, you know, <laughs> you know the, the, because at a, we think staying up late was cool. Mm-hmm. When the top, the top tops, mm-hmm. the Kobe's, the Jordan's. They ain't the, bed by 10, the, 9 o'clock. The, yeah, they, they sleep at mm-hmm. 8, 9. Mm-hmm. They up. It was, it's cool That's to be facts, up so at true. 4 in the morning. Five. So you true. by yourself. You get the process. You, the early, like, the early bird gets the worm. That made sense once I got to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Like, that's then what they meant. Then Uncle Joe, his father, told me um, basketball was 90% mental, 10% physical. But he tells me this after my high school career. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like 2007. Like, I mean, like, why you tell me this in high school? Why you tell me this when I was younger? But that's where I fought my AAU coaches, fought my people that was older around me, my mentorship, because they wasn't really mentors. It ain't meant... I mean, think about it, man. You go, you're older, dope, and you're in a position to help a kid really groom him or path him to the next level. You're supposed to know where the next level is, and you don't give them the right proper tools. But how can they tell you about the next level if they've never been to the next I level? I thought that, that's you, a, yeah, yeah, you feel me? Or, you, yeah, you or, or as coaches, they're just worried about their team getting wins. But, yeah, they're the not kid, you don't know. They're the coach. They're like, they're like gods. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, okay, yeah. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's, and that was the same reason that, you know, like, I just wanted to be a parent. But the same reason you say you don't want to be a coach. Exactly, there's too much responsibility. But you, but, but the responsibility you wanted from a coach, I'm giving you, as a mentor. You can give it to him as a coach. I could do that in the, in the individual True, training but, setting, the team setting. But you got to remember, you giving them that mentor, and then they're going to someone who don't even know what the hell he's doing. He's right. just coaching. Right. So you got to understand too to protect the child all the way. I mean, I understand. You got to put yourself in positions where you get to be the mentor. All the way through, right. you know, and I, I I had to understand that too. 
Yeah. I had to do a shooting guard, so I'm a point guard. Every point guard is a extension of the coach. So yeah. I believe coaching is in my blood. Yeah. I'm gonna be coached. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you're gonna be but one. <laughs> my career ended so abruptly where it's like, I still have that passion, that rah rah in me. I'm not patient enough to be a coach. I'm not gonna be able to sideline or let the head of the bench be patient <laughs> the referee do something tricky or a pair coming me sideways and yeah, I got but that's but that's it'll come. But, but you gotta remember that's Later part on. of yeah. not that's, right now. Yeah. I'm, I admit that. That's, that's part that. of the process yeah, too. I understand that. You know, that's part of the process too. I'm but saying, you don't call me coach now. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying now. Now. Yeah, I'm in part, a moment. I'm, I'm living a moment. Yeah, it's part of the process. Training and eventually jumping into it. No, definitely. It's all about the culture. I love the culture of the game. I love basketball. So I understand that I'm willing to prepare myself for that. And that's why I reached out to you because I wanted to pick your brain to the point where I can enhance myself to the point where when these doors do open up for me on a pro level or mm -hmm. collegiate level, I'm able to walk through them and be more confident and be look, ready. Look, I've been Grassroot area, yeah. I got that. High school, I got that. Cone drills, we got that. Yeah. But in the lingo and terminology, I need to gain more knowledge you, of. You create your own. <laughs> no, and, and when I be that, like I've been, look, I've played at the highest level, mm -hmm. doing against the highest, and I've gotten plays and situations were like, what is this? We about to do what? Right. This is not gonna work against them. We right. So you think we're gonna pass the ball to them and they're gonna double and we're gonna swing, 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 pass it to the corner. You really, first of all, why would they double someone who scores four no, points a game? Score the post first. They ain't gonna double that. Right, that is, right. That's, that's a dumb. Like, and first of all, why am I gonna pass it to get a good shot in the corner? When the ball was just by the rim. Like, the ball was but there. I have the big man on me. Won't I just take the big man one-on-one? -on -one? And then if I get to the lane, there's no big guy there to stop me. Right. Is, right. Isn't that a good play? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting here trying to figure out who taught y'all this? This is dumb. This is pick and roll, pass it, double, pass, pass, corner shooter. First of all, the corner shooter is the guy who can't shoot. Right. That's why his ass is all over. <laughs> you know right, what right, I mean? Right. So, like, I've been in situations where it's like, who taught y'all the game? You know, who 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 told you to, to, to do th th this is, like, sub at two minutes. Why? Why are you subbing me at two minutes? Oh, well, to get you fresh. Well, we're in a penalty, and I can eat buckets right here. <laughs> I can get two minutes, shit, they can't even touch me anymore. Right. He can't, he can't pick me up full court anymore. And when I drive to the hole, it's either going to be a foul or a layup. The chances of him actually getting a clean block is not going to happen. So he's either going to, he's scared to get the foul because he already got two right, right, and right. his sub is right there. So if I drive right now, mm -hmm. that's an easy bucket because he's not going to want to pick up his third. Right. I said, but how do you not know this? He never played basketball. You trying to sub me, you trying to sub me out to put in someone cold who's not even going to get us any points because he's trying to warm up. I said, but you, y'all the head coach? No, like, that's what I said. I learned on a, that level too that it wasn't even, it wasn't even like that. Right. You know, and then unless you've been through hardship to understand, it's hard to, you know, to teach it. I mean, I have to keep it simple. At the end of the day, can't nobody guard your creativity. Can't nobody guard your imagination. Mm -hmm. So me being a develop, pair of developer, it's my job to teach you how to develop that confidence of controlling the basketball in your pocket, dribbling the pocket. Mm -hmm. And once you develop that confidence, at the end of the day, go be great. God, God give them talent. So, so you mentioned J Mac. You mentioned picking Gil's brain. Mm -hmm. So we do a thing. We I don't know, we have a segment called Ask Agent Zero. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're very familiar. We go way back <laughs> with him. But at this point, what's something you want to exactly pick his brain about? Um, pick his brain about one. I want to pick your brain about. You think whenever you got some free time, you'll be able to come talk to my girls? 
Of course, of course. I know how you are about the women's side of basketball. You ain't <laughs> no, a big no, fan. No, you know, ain't I've a big fan. You're turning more towards the women's side. I'm turning more towards the women's side. You know, because because I expect so much and it frustrates me when I, you know, it doesn't I mean, they're, it doesn't fun, they're women first I and know. they fundamentally sound. They're not athletic as we are. So, but the game is evolving. Game is changing. Got girls dunking now with two hands and stuff. You see, Juju game is crazy. I got a girl in um, Virginia. She shoots lights off the ball. Just her mental ain't there to the point where she get playing time. Uh-huh. But she got a strap. But her, she'll understand your coach is a four-time WNBA champion, a five-time GOAT medalist. She's not going to think like a normal coach. Yeah. She, she respect excellence from you, perfection. Like, you got to really go hard, really be yeah. locked in. You can't be missing shots in practice and smiling, and then you wondering why you ain't playing. Because you, you <laughs> a higher gun. You and you're missing shots, and you happy about it? Yeah, yeah, That's what yeah, Tina yeah. hitting me up. Like, Tina, like, why is she happy? Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, she just a kid having fun. She happy. She, <laughs> what you want me to say? She, she made it out of Eaglewood. Now she in Virginia doing her thing. Like, But now the realization of her knowing that her coach is serious and her having a chance to go to WNBA, her having a chance to be a provider for a family is more realistic now. These girls are more hungrier than ever. And I feel like it's my duty to being exposed to Kobe, knowing Kobe personally, knowing you personally, knowing these legends personally, to give back to the game to the point where they could have that upper hand, have that one up on their opponents and really got that confidence in, their, in, in themselves. Yeah, I come on and talk to them and you know, yeah, I got a lot of game. I got a lot of young young killers, man. Juju, she was the first one. Was second one, like I said, my first one was Dylan Horton. She's out of Virginia now. Juju came, and then I got a couple other females that's up and coming. And I had your daughter for, for, for a small mm-hmm. period of time. Worked out a couple of camps, and your son. It just more. I'm getting training, and more exposure I get in LA basketball and the culture and the grassroots, and I'm excited. I love definitely love where the women game is going, and I mean, like I said, I'm here to stay, man. I ain't trying to go nowhere. What else you got? Oh, what else I got? Um, so I got that chain. Yeah, so um, outside of that though, it's all love. <laughs> um, just thank you. I appreciate y'all for this platform. Try to expand really this rare brand. Just try to tap into the girl side, tap into the basketball in general. Let everybody know that I'm here now. I'm really official, and um, yeah, really is rare. All right. Gil and I think we do this. We do this one for for the road, and I think it's it's your story is one for the road, and that's yeah. for all of us because you've lived this life and you've been through all these ups and downs, and it's got to where you are today, and that's inspiring, and that's the best thing you can do as a coach: inspire and motivate. Yeah. And for us, I mean, if we can get that out there, that's awesome. But also yeah. for us to follow that too and watch that. you and everything that you're gonna get yeah, you to next. Remember. I think you're just getting started. Really. Yeah, because you gotta remember, there's, there's 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 somebody, there's players right now going through the same. Same thing. And they're going to be listening to it and just, all right, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. Man, as long as you have faith in God, have faith in yourself, and just really believe in yourself, anything is possible. And no, it's not an easy street. Most of us, it's a hard road. That's a hard life, road life's no matter not where easy. you look at yeah, it. Yeah, life's not easy. Yeah. Y'all just keep your head down, have faith in yourself, and believe. And I think that the basketball, the, the, the life component of it is the real important thing, that you're going to win and lose. There's going to be times where you're down. There's going to be challenges. And like, that's it's life, a bo- It's a boxing it's, match. You know what I mean? It's 12 rounds. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some, some you're going to tie. You know what I mean? You just Sometimes you're just going to wake up and be like, not today. You know, sometimes I'm going to go out there and just... Get in. Just, just fight, you know? Just Whatever happens, happens, you know? Keep you swinging. Know, if I knock today out, I knock today out. Right. If I don't, I don't. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give it my all today, you know what I mean? That's, that's just, you know, you just want to be able to fight more than you, you know, <laughs> more than you sit there and throw the, wife, the white flag in. So I push all my kids to be great because they saw about that fight. So yeah. I try to pour myself into them. Little by little, 
That's all that matters. All right, keep going. J-Mac, thanks for coming Thanks on. so much. All day. My brother. You already know. <laughs> and we're going to locate that chain. We're going to get back <laughs> to J-Mac. It's no chill with Gilbert Arenas as Gilbert Arenas over there. It's J-Mac. Real is rare. Get familiar. I'm Mike Botticello. Catch you every Monday, 8 o'clock on Fubo, and we'll see you next time.